0: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, O Lord God, that you're here with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? The circumstances may be against us. Everything may be against us. What we see with our eyes may be against us. But Lord, we want to thank you. God, you're for us. And not only are you for us, you're with us. You're now coming into us and urging us to come to you, Lord. So Lord, we pray that this season of Merdeka May there be a great turning of our faces towards You, turning of our hearts back towards You. May there be a great returning to You, O Lord God, even in our church, O Lord God. And may all of God's people begin to be able to really hear the words of the Lord, to be still and to know who our God is. And so, Lord, bless this moment, bless this weekend, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Today, I'm going to share something Uh, that God has put very deeply in my heart, something that God said to me, even at the beginning of the building of the firewall. One of the things he did in the month of March, when we launched the firewall, he said this, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, streams in the desert. Wow, God is doing a new thing. And with a new thing, needs a new way that God's church needs to respond to him. I want to share this right from the start. God is indeed doing a new thing, but with a new thing comes a new understanding. And there are two major understandings today that I want to share with you. The first concerns the church. Everything God does in this whole world is He does it only with the church. He doesn't do it with businessmen or politicians or anybody. Why the church? Because the church is the body of Christ. One body, many parts. The church is the bride of Christ. Secondly, the church has been given spiritual authority. Now, this is where we must understand. Not one church, not one denomination, not one uh, group of people, even in one state even, constitutes a church. The Church of God in Malaysia is the whole ecclesia. It is all the churches gathered together in corporateness, in one heart, one mind. When the church begins to see church in that way, It becomes the ecclesia of God. The ecclesia is actually a governmental authority of God. And that is how the church will have spiritual authority over a place, over the areas God has given us. So one of the most important things God has been saying to us, even as we gathered the churches from different states, different denominations, different language groups, Tamil, Chinese, Bahasa, even 10 different languages in in Sarawak, Chinese, BM-speaking churches, English-speaking churches, as we gathered as one, we realize that what brings authority to the church is the coming together. What I call the corporate authority. And that is when God begins to look at the church, not just to do it on their own, but to come together, to contend as one man, even in prayer. It is to come together. It's homo tomadon, all coming along going forward in the same direction, praying in one accord. That is what God is saying to us in this season. If He's doing a new thing, the church must begin to reframe its mindset in a new way. And the first mindset is that one church is not enough, no matter how big, how grand, whatever we have done. Now is the time the church as the body of Christ. You know, one of the most important things, therefore, the Lord began to say to me, if one of your brothers is weak, the whole church is weak. When one is strong, all is strong. And that is why God has said to us on the firewall, is the firewall's purpose is to gather the body of Christ together, different types of prayer networks, different denominations, different language groups to contend as one man, to be his ecclesia. That's the first thing. If God is doing new thing, the church must have a new understanding of what church means to God. The second thing is this, you know, our nation is going through a very tough time and we are right in the middle of the call to 40 days of fast and prayer. And you and I must be asking ourselves, why do we have to go through fast and prayer again? What is the purpose of fasting and praying in this season? The Lord laid upon me this verse in Jeremiah, turn with me, 33. It's a very well-known verse, but I'm going to read it from verse 1 and write it up. To verse 3. It says here, While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says, He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Wow! So look at this verse. In the midst of all that's happening in our nation, I, let's admit it, never has our nation gone through such a confusing, distressing, perplexing time. We have COVID on one hand, a pandemic that's raging, almost as if not ref- refusing to stop. On the other hand, there's so much political uncertainty. In the midst of this, what is God saying to his church? Call unto me. But who is the me? The me is the Lord, the God of all the earth, who made the earth, who formed it and established it. The Lord is His name. You know that's why uh, NECF it has the right theme. Be still and know that I am God. So God is calling out to His church. Call upon me. I am the one who formed the earth. I'm the one who established it. I'm the one who created it. Now, in spite of all this happening in your nation, call to me. Now, what is the purpose of calling to me? And I will show you what great and unsearchable things you do not know. What is it we do not know? See, I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? So let's look at this thing called, this phrase, call to me. Now, I, I want to look at this. We're not calling to God because we want a temporary relief. We're not calling to God because we're responding to a crisis. We're not calling to God just uh, some of you call, some of you no need to call. No. Remember, God is speaking to his church, the ecclesia. Everyone in the church, whether you are a pastor, whether you're elders, whether you are a, a, a young person, an old person or whatever language group, God is calling to us when we come together. And as we call to him, why is this call so important? Three reasons. Number one, it is he that's asking us to call to him. He issued the invitation. Call to me. Actually, if God never invited us to call to him we can call but he may not answer so the second thing is the timing is the urgency of the time i sense a desperation in god's heart i feel as if god is saying come on call to me the door is open my door is open come to me talk to me call to me i want to talk to you call to me call to me the lord says and then as we take hold of this timing the urgency of his call The third thing happens, call to me because I'm doing great and unsearchable things, things you have never done before. You know, one of the most interesting verses when we launched the firewall was this, truly the firewall when we launched it was a great difficult thing to do because we have never done it before. Honestly speaking, my small core team of seven people, we wondered what God would do because one of the verses God gave us was in Joshua chapter 3, verse 4. It says, you must follow the ark, right? Because you have never been this way before. Why do we need to call on God? Because we have never been this way before. We do not know what this new thing God is about to do. We do not know what the great and unsearchable things God wants to do in His church. That's why we must call upon Him. Call to the Lord. So what is this 40 days of prayer and fasting about? call upon the lord now there are three things we must think about why will it be different you may say to me and that's true but pastor we have been praying so many years nothing ever changes well let's try and look at it from God's perspective why is that god now calling his church together what is he going to do the first thing it involves our posture the right posture is key to this season of calling upon the lord what will make us 40 days of fasting and prayer different. The posture. Secondly, the perspective. Remember, God says, call to me and I will show you. Show you means show you. Show you means give you a perspective of what I am doing. And thirdly, the important understanding of perseverance in prayer. So the first thing is posture. What is the posture that God is looking for as we now, in this season of Malaysia's history, In this season of great crisis, uncertainty, instability, confusion, what is the posture God is asking us to have that will produce different results? I would say four postures. The first is this, desperation. You know, someone said this to me, and it's very, very sad, all right? So someone said this to me, the church in Malaysia is not desperate enough. And I said to her, Pastor, how can you tell me the church is not desperate enough? Look at the COVID cases. It's going higher and higher. What else do we want to make us more desperate? Do you know it's a very sad thing? The church in Malaysia must learn to be desperate. How desperate? Do you know how desperate? Another pastor said this to me. Do you know, this pastor told me, I've been to other countries to pray with them. And I find that when I compare the prayers of the people in Malaysia with the people in Uganda, for instance, it's so different. You know why Uganda, Ugandans pray so, ter- so, so fervently? Because they're desperate. They're desperate. they face phase their they They're Idi Amin, And they are telling themselves, we are desperate. We will never have another time like this. In the same way, God is saying to the Church of God in Malaysia, are you desperate enough? Are you like the man in Luke chapter 11, when he looked at, at 12 midnight, a friend came to him and to ask for bread, and he had nothing, and he was so desperate. It was 12 midnight. His neighbor, his friend, had already gone to bed and shut the door, but he went to him and bang, 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 bang on the door. Why? Because he was desperate. We need to be desperate. When I look at the COVID situation, when we pray for the sick, How come we do not get supernatural healings? How come we're not able to to see a reverse of things that are happening around us? Actually, we we need to realize our act is not together. Not only must we be desperate, now we must be broken. Brokenness is key. What is brokenness? Do you know David in Psalm 51? He was a desperate and a broken man because why was he broken? He realized. In him, there was something wrong, something he had taken for granted. He did not know he was a sinful man. He did not know he was capable of such sin. And so brokenness drove him to cry for mercy. In the same way, the Church of God in Malaysia, if you are going to enter these 40 days in a different manner, we must come before the Lord and be broken, broken to see the real condition of the hearts of believers. Do you know? I'm not going to tell you what happened, but in three major instances since the starting of the firewall brought me to my knees and humbled me and broke me. In three occasions, I did not realize the condition of my heart. My my pride, my arrogance, my presumptuous sins, my taking people for granted. Even I felt my heart was wicked. And so brokenness is key. You know, we ask ourselves: We have prayed so long. What is wrong with our church? What is wrong with the nation? What is it the, the politicians' fault? Is it the country's fault? What is wrong now? Why does God keep asking us to pray? Why does God keep giving us promises that He will be with us, He will never leave us, nor forsake us? Now, either God is wrong, and we are, or we are, or we are wrong. Since God cannot be wrong and he's always right, we must be wrong. So in the brokenness, we need to come before God and say, Lord, what is it in the church of God that is still not right? What have we assumed too much? What do we, we need to cry to God for mercy? And that is why, much as we don't understand solemn assemblies, there is a need for solemn assemblies to come before the Lord to repent, to rend our hearts. Lord, tell us what is wrong with us, your believers. Remember, God only works with the church. He doesn't work with politicians. He doesn't work with business people. He only works with the church. And so the church must come before God in great brokenness, in great humility, and a broken and a contrite heart he will not despise. And only in our brokenness, then the third posture is needed. Not only must we be desperate, Not only must we be broken before God, humbled by all that is happening in ourselves, in our churches, we must now be attentive. You see, when we are desperate and when we are broken, I think we will be still. We will realize the fault is not on God's side. The fault is probably on our side. Perhaps we have not been still enough to listen to what He's been saying. Do you know last year's NECF's theme was, He Who Has Ears to Listen let him hear. So the whole of last year, shut down by the pandemic, have we been listening? Have we been learning attentiveness? With attentiveness comes the fourth posture that's essential if we want to see a new thing, if if God's going to do a new thing in our nation, and that is called obedience. Do you know during this firewall, one of the hardest things was to really hear not only being broken, it's not just cry 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 you know Let, let's be honest you no know, one of the problems when we call people in the psalm assemblies repentance is cry 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 but they have no ears to listen that is not sufficient we need to repent but we also need to turn from our wicked ways You need to turn from what we did wrong but how can you turn if you never heard so attentiveness to what god is concerned about becomes important we need to hear him and then obey him we need to pay attention And so one of the things God began to say to us is that you need to call the pastors in to do a solemn assembly. I was thinking to myself and my team too, how are we going to, and he only gave us one week to do it. You must do it by Pentecost. Wow, in one week, how are we going to get the pastors to come together? How do we do that? So each of us try to do our part. Do you know something about being attentive to God, taking him at his word and obeying him what happens? Do you know by a miracle, on Pentecost this year, May 30th, I think, Pen- May 23rd, on Pentecost Sunday, when we gathered the pastors to do a solemn assembly for 24 hours, we had representation from every state in Malaysia, and not only that, every language group, Tamil group, Chinese group, uh, BM group, and of course, English group, and not only that, 400 over pastors came and did a solemn assembly. So what is God saying to us? God is saying to us, if you're desperate, if you're broken and realize where you've gone wrong, if you pay attention to what I have to say, and if you obey me, you will get a breakthrough. You will get a breakthrough. And not only that, God proved himself the second time. The second time happened less than a week after the solemn assembly. Now go for 24 hours of praise and worship and saturate the atmosphere, pierce the atmosphere with the glory of my name. Let every hand be lifted towards God in worship. And you know something? We were meant to do 40 days, but I'll be honest with you, and God's a gracious God. I told uh, my team, I said, honestly, I don't have faith for 40 days. Let's try seven days. After seven days, the Spirit of the Lord began to say, You only struck the ground once. And we all know that story. So we struck. Three times, so 21 days. 21 days is only three times. Go for it now that you have broken through. And people are now, wow, people began to want to take slots on the on the 24-7 uh, firewall. And what God was saying, God was saying to us, You have now understood that if you call upon me, you must first be broken. You must put away your ways, adopt my ways, and obey me. When you do that, I will show you what great and unsearchable things you do not know. Do you know something? Praise the Lord, Church of God. Do you know that now for us in Malaysia, when we talk about 24-7, praise, prayer, reading the Bible, it is possible, and not just for one day, but for 40 days, and we did it for 50 days. Where did it start? When we call upon the Lord in brokenness, in humility, and we obey Him and we turn from our ways which have not worked and follow His way. Follow His way. Amen? Now, so the posture of our hearts is very important. What's the posture? Desperate, broken, attentive to what He's saying, and obedient. Second thing is perspective. Now, perspective is very important. So look at that verse again in Jeremiah. Call to me and I will show you great and unsearchable things. So when we call to the Lord, it's not just to pray for a change in our situation, it's to call and to hear. Be still and know that I'm God, I will be exalted amongst the people. So as we call upon the Lord, we need now to gain a perspective. Say the verse in Isaiah 43 that we, that we just read, See, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you not understand? Perception is like that. So in this season, as you spend the next, I don't know how many days left, right? Of the 40 days. As we press in, and we're going to have press on the firewall every morning, 6 to 8 a.m. And in your churches, whatever the time, in SIB, it would be 12 to uh, 2 o'clock noon and 8 to 10 o'clock at night. And even in all the other churches, there's a pressing in to call upon the Lord. As you call upon the Lord, there will be a perspective given to us. What is the perspective God wants us to receive? Do you know something? This is one of the best, most glorious season of Malaysia. Even as we began to build the firewall, the Lord began to put into my heart and to the heart of the many pastors who came to join us. This is a new season. It's the beginning of revival. Already revival, at our doorstep. Look what already God has done. Listen, it's the time of God's visitation, another pastor said. It's the time of God's visitation. He wants to do a new thing. He wants us to understand. Now, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 30. This is where I begin to realize God is really doing a new thing. And I want you to look at this season. What is the perspective we must get in this season as we call upon the Lord? Three perspectives. Look at Isaiah chapter 30, and I'm going to read from verse 18. To verse 21 all right so if you are with me the lord longs to be gracious to you he rises to show you compassion for the lord is god of justice blessed are all who will wait for him or who call upon him or wait upon him verse 19. O people of zion who live in jerusalem you will weep no more how gracious he will be when you cry for help as soon as he hears he will answer you. And although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see that Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Three perspectives God is giving us about this season. Number one, it is a season when God is rising up. Standing up almost, rising up. I don't know what rising would mean to you, but I see an urgency. Come on, come on, come on. He's telling the Church of God. He's telling me, come on, Pastor Nichu. Come on, pastors. Come on, elders. Come on. Now is the season. Why is this an important season to call upon the Lord? Because he's rising up to show us his compassion. Do you know the verse that we read in Jeremiah 33.3 is in the same context. Jeremiah was locked down. It was a turbulent time. The Babylonians were about to enter and it was really like God had almost given up on them. It it felt like that to him in the midst of that terrible situation, almost a position of no, no end to the problems. Jeremiah was told, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things. And in the following verses, God begins to tell them, this is the season I will forgive you your sins. I will cleanse you and I will heal you of your rebellion. In the same way, In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18, God is saying to you, this is a season I want you to come forward. I want you to repent. I want you to talk to me. I'll show you where you've gone wrong. And I will forgive you your sins. And I will freely pardon. As Isaiah 55 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. This is a season to call upon him while he is near. He is now near. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and let him turn. And he will freely pardon and freely forgive. So the first important perspective, this is the best season to come before the Lord in small groups, in churches, in denominations, whatever method to do a solemn assembly. You know, uh, many churches are doing it. I heard that AG uh, the AG churches will be doing one on the 30th and 31st. SIB is going to do a, a time of calling upon the Lord. Uh, whether we call it solemn assembly, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to ask God for the perspective of how to even gain God's favor. Gain God's mercy. When God has mercy upon the land, healing can take place. Second thing in this season, God is doing. Not only is He asking, I'm rising up to show you compassion, He's doing a second thing, which is this I'm going to bring restoration upon your land. Now, how does He do that? He provides guidance. Look at the guidance. Look at the guidance. Look at verse 20. Now, we have gone through a time, th- we truly have. Re- We're still eating the bread of adversity and the water of afflictions. But in the midst of all this adversity and affliction, God is actually using this adversity and this affliction to teach us how to obey him, how to follow the Holy Spirit, how to be attentive to the Holy Spirit, how to, when he says, do this, turn left, we will turn left, turn right, we will turn right. Do you know something about the children of Israel when they went into the promised land? One good lesson to learn about Joshua. Joshua followed every instruction of the Lord, which is why he was victorious. This is what God is calling us to do. It is a wonderful season. God is willing to rise up and show compassion, show healing, show forgiveness. Secondly, he's rising up to guide us, to lead us into our prophetic destiny. And so this is why, It is such a powerful season. The third perspective is this. It is a season of glory when God wants to pour the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know one of the greatest truths God is saying to us, Behold, I will give you streams in the desert, right? How on earth can streams come in the desert? When we begin to realize the streams of God are flowing into us. We are containing the living waters. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that are thirsty, and I will give you rest come and drink of me, drink of me, and out of you will flow rivers of living waters. That's what I believe. So as we obey God and praise the Lord for the Clang Valley pastors, they are really obeying the voice of the Lord. They're setting up quarantine centers. They're going to go there. They're going to minister to the sick, the call centers, and this is what God is doing. As you obey me and as you follow me, as I tell you, do this, turn left, turn right, I will pour on you living waters. Out of you shall flow rivers of living waters. There will be a new wine flowing in. And as the new wine flows in, when you lay hands on the sick, they will be healed. I'm absolutely certain. This is a season when God says it's no longer, not by might, nor by power, but by His Spirit. I absolutely believe, brothers and sisters, if you and I appropriate this season well, have the right posture, have a right understanding, perspective of what God is doing, we will see an awakening, revival, a new outpouring of His Holy Spirit. That is what God is doing. Do you know, that is what God is doing, but it cannot just be a one-day prayer or even just 40 days of prayer. The third thing that is essential in this season, not just the posture of our heart must be right, we must have eyes that can see what God is doing. He's doing a great new work, showing compassion, teaching us what to do. The third thing is called persistent prayer. Without persistence and giving up very fast, just because we don't see what we want to see, we will never see the great breakthroughs and revivals that we long for. Why is persistent prayer necessary? Do you know the the persistent prayer that the lady in Luke 18, she was very persistent, she was very desperate, she's a widow, and she wanted to pray for justice. Now, that's it. We're looking for justice, right? Justice will never come if we just pray half-hearted prayers, or even just prayer for 40 days. Justice will only come as the Lord himself says, will not the Lord, the Lord God answer the prayers of my servants who cry to me day and night? Day and night. Now, why is persistent prayer so important to God? Number one, because it is a mindset change. God has, the a, a persistent prayer is not because God is deaf. The persistent prayer is not God is Uh, is not caring. The persistent prayer is because it takes time for God to change the way we think. We want to do things our way. But God in this time of persistent prayer is molding us to do what He wants. Remember, His ways are higher than our ways. His methods are better than our methods. So mindset change. Without a new wine skin, God cannot pour forth a new wine. So that's why it is constant standing before the Lord, obeying him, listening to him, doing one thing at a time. As we keep seeing something happening, we won't give up. We become very resilient. So second thing that happens, the more we pray, the more courage comes within us and more resilience and the fighting spirit comes within us. And we begin to want to move in a resilient and what's called relentless manner. I compare this persistent prayer to be like you know Malaysia. I'm so proud of Malaysia. They won the bronze medal for the men's doubles in the, in the badminton, right? Uh, I can't remember the names of the players even. I remember Aaron somebody and So somebody. But you know one thing I saw about that match, they really fought with persistence, never giving up. They was they were not just they, you know at one point they're fighting the world champions. It's point by point they fought. And when they lost some points, they courage they came up again. They refused to give up. They smashed again. I felt the Lord say to me, that's the way I want you to pray in this season. If, if you've been wrong somewhere, you got it not right, rise up again. Gather your brothers and sisters again. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Persistent prayer. Persistent prayer. How long must we pray? Until we are, more, we are really now called broken enough. We are desperate enough. And we're also obedient enough. That's when the tide turns. So brothers and sisters, what is God desiring in this season? Number one, the church must come together to contend as one man. That's where real authority lies. Number two, together we must call on the Lord. Yes, sometimes you call upon the Lord in your own churches. Sometimes you join with other churches. Pastors' fellowship must come together. Families must come together. Different denominations must come together. And as the Lord's people gather together, he's going to show us a new perspective. He's going to show us his compassion. He's going to tell us what to do. He's going to pour forth his wine, wine, new wine. And that is when things change. But I want to show you a verse in Isaiah chapter 13. Verse 15, this is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, In returning to God, and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. This is the sad part of the children of Israel. Much as God rose to show them compassion, much as God pleaded with the children of Israel to the prophets, the children of Israel said, we will have none of it. Who will not call upon the Lord? Those who are satisfied. No hunger. Secondly, those who have no understanding. The more you do not call on the Lord, the less understanding we will have of what is happening in our times. Because we don't have perspective. Our eyes will be blind. So no hunger to see a change. Satisfied with the status quo. No understanding of what God is doing. And thirdly, not willing. Not willing. Like Isaiah. Chapter 30, verse 15. But you would not have none of it. Even as we come to the uh, close of this sharing that I have done with you, let us now worship the Lord. Let us come before God and come into His presence. Begin to stand and worship Him. You know, I'm going to suggest that we should stand to worship this weekend. Because in this weekend, God wants to tell us what He's doing in our nation. And so even as we do that, Let's just stand, worship the Lord together with the worship team. Amen. Thank you. Heavenly Father, it is an awesome thing to be invited to stand before you and to hear you talk to us. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much in this season. It is you that has an urgency that has caused us to be urgent about this time. It is you that is inviting us to call upon your name. And it's you that want to show us what great and unsearchable things we do not know. Father, I want to bless SIB Church tomorrow, 30th and 31st, as we go into 24 hours of prayer. Lord, I pray that in this 24 hours of prayer, we will press in, O Lord God. We will press in, oh Lord God. We will press in and we will not give up. We will press in, oh Lord God, to have our mindsets changed. We will press in, O Lord God, to be hungry for you. We will press in, oh Lord God, to see where we have gone wrong. And we will press in, oh Lord God, to become more obedient to you. Father, Lord God, I pray for every prayer leader that's going to be anchoring those 24 hours of prayer. I pray that, oh Lord God, They will really come before you and they will show and we will all come before you and we will hear what you are saying to us as a church. And so now, O Lord God, as we go out of this time, may the remainder of these 40 days be just the beginning of a season of calling upon the Lord and he will show us what to do. We thank you there will be a great outpouring even on our church. We bless every initiative. We bless the, the volunteers who are going to help out with all the crisis aid programs, the cells in action, Lord. As they reach out to the people that's in need, depressed, oppressed, sick, dying, there will be the presence of the Lord and there'll be a breakthrough, Lord God. There'll be healing, there'll be signs, there'll be wonders, there'll be miracles, there'll be a, even people will seek the Lord God Almighty and cry and call upon the name of Jesus And they will be saved. Thank you, Lord. And now, Lord God, separate us with the love of God our Father, with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, until we regather again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't forget, go to the night altars, 8 to 10 p.m., the noon altars, 12 to 2 p.m., and every morning, 6 to 8 a.m., there will be prayer by the firewall. Gather with other churches on the firewall. Gather with other cell groups. Gather in your districts. Go for it, brothers and sisters. So for those of you who need prayers, go to our online uh, chat room. There are people that will pray for you. If this is the first time you have ever heard about the name of the Lord Jesus, come, come and we will share with you what a great, mighty God with us we have. A God of compassion, a God of mercy, a God of faithfulness. And we would love to pray for you. So thank you, Church, for this wonderful Merdeka Weekend. Happy Merdeka! God bless you and may the nation of Malaysia be blessed. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.